Gift Biz Unwrapped, guest episode number 412. What if we can build a more affordable private website with custom domains for you while also helping you be part of a new philanthropic marketplace and grow it? Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue and thanks for joining me today. If you've been looking for your first or a new home for your e-commerce website, Grab a pen and paper because today's show is just for you. But before we get into that, I want to share something with you. We've covered so many facets of a handmade product business over the course of the years, and today is no exception. We've talked about how to start and grow your business, stories from many of you who have done just that, how to choose and use social media sites, build your website. Oh my gosh, there is just so much information here for you, but not necessarily at your fingertips. So I've made a tool for you that categorizes by topic the episodes of this podcast, but only the ones that stay relevant over time. Because yes, let's face it, there are past shows that just don't work anymore for us today. The world is changing so fast, right? You can use this tool to zero in on whatever topic you need at the moment. Do you want to hear from others in your specific industry? How about details on Pinterest or setting up an email strategy? You can now easily find the right episodes and create your priority listening roster. Consider this your gift biz resource center at a glance. It's a Google Sheet, best viewable on your computer versus your phone. Make sure to look on the bottom where there are five separate sections for easy topic reference, kind of like chapters of a book. It makes finding the shows to help you with what you're working on right now so much easier. To access this free resource, go to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash topics. Today, we're talking about a new e-commerce platform only for handmade creators that offers options not available anywhere else. I say they're new, but they have solid experience under their belt from the last two years of startup and growth. What should pique your interest? First, John is serious about keeping this marketplace only for true handmade creators. Nobody slips in who's producing from a factory or justifies handmade when in truth it isn't. The Go Imagine Marketplace is affordable, provides you direct access and ownership to your customers' contact information, which, oh my gosh, is so big, and has a philanthropic overlay that doesn't cost you anything to align with. Almost too good to be true, right? Well, I've got one up, even better than what I said here. How many of you know you should have a website of your own, too? perhaps in addition to another outside-owned e-commerce site like Etsy or Amazon, one with your own domain name, smooth setup and control, and reliable functionality. Go Imagine has the solution for this too, all in one place. 
I bet I'm confusing you because you just can't believe that all this is possible. Let's dive into the details so you can hear it for yourself. Today, I'd like to introduce you to John Lincoln, the founder of Go Imagine, the handmade marketplace that donates 100% profits to help children in need. This new marketplace concept is following in the footsteps of other great companies, such as Newman's Own and Patagonia, by building philanthropy into the fabric of the business. Since launching in 2020, Go Imagine has attracted thousands of makers and artists throughout the U.S., supporting their mission to create a more caring economy through handmade. This year, Go Imagine is adopting a shared ownership model where the vendors on the marketplace are given ownership in the company, including voting rights and board representation. It's with the support of the maker community that Go Imagine continues to grow, and they feel it's only right that makers are given a seat at the table when decisions are being made. John, I'm so excited to hear more about Go Imagine. Welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I appreciate you having me, Sue. Thank you. Before we get into everything, we have to take care of another little task, and that is to have you describe yourself by way of a motivational candle. This is a way for our listeners to get to know you in kind of an undercover way, if you will. So motivational candle for you by color and quote, what would it look like? Yeah, I remember you emailed me to ask that, and I've been thinking about it. You know, color, I think for me, would be pretty straightforward. It would be teal, because that is the color of Go Imagine. Although when I thought when you first said candle, it wasn't just the color, but I would tell you that I think my candle would also have one of those wicks you can't blow out. <laughs> going and going and going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a serial entrepreneur and I've done a number of businesses and yeah, it's like, it's, you know, in life you can't hold someone down. And so, yeah, it's, I feel like I'd have a, an endless wick, so to speak. <laughs> For a motivational quote, I mean, there's so many of them, but in business, one of the quotes that I've always liked on the business side of things is from Henry Ford, which is if two partners always agree on the same thing, one of them isn't necessary. And in the whole concept of that quote is the fact that when you're building a business and you have partners, or in the case of our marketplace, I consider all of our makers and artists our partners, is that you're not always going to agree on the same thing. What really matters is you're getting the right decision through discourse and that process of having different opinions. That's a healthy way to grow a business is by having different opinions and finding the right answer collectively instead of having a bunch of yes men who are just, you know, agreeing with you without everything because you're not going to get the right answers if you're not having some disagreement. Yeah. Or you're only going to have a resulting product that is appreciated or welcomed by a certain portion of the community, right? Because we're all different. Absolutely. I do truly believe this, that the makers and artists on the platform are partners in the company. Mm -hmm. And one example would be, and we don't have to talk too much about this, but the definition of what handmade is, right? Everybody has a different idea of what is handmade. And that's one of the things that we're working with our community on our handmade guidelines as we continue to grow on defining handmade. At the end of the day, that quote really comes to the fact that just because two people might have differing opinions, they're both valuable opinions and they help find that right common ground. Absolutely. And I like to, as the conversations evolve and good points come up, I like to slip in these extra points that aren't necessarily in alignment with the conversation. But one of the things that you said, John, while you were talking about your quote, I learned way back in my corporate world when I was learning management. You know, that was when you took courses, they were prepping you to be a manager or something like that. 
one of the things they always said is you don't want to hire people who look just like you. You want to hire people who have different skill sets, different opinions, all of that. So very similar and parallel to what you're talking about, but in a little bit of a different environment. But for our makers here who are thinking of starting a team or adding to a team, that's something to always keep in mind is add people who are different from you in some way because it makes your whole group richer. And it makes you grow right? because you start to see things maybe differently than you did before because you're exposed to that. Yeah, I could not agree with you more. All right. So now we're going to dive into you, Don. Okay. Uh, Tell me, and you can start wherever it makes sense to start, but what led you over to Handmade? What were you doing before? Give us the entrance. Like the curtain is opening, Don. (laughs) What do we see? I think like most people, your life is windy and where you end up is not really where you started. I mentioned a moment ago, I've been kind of a serial entrepreneur. So if we go back 20 years was when I started my first company, actually in stand-up comedy. I was a comedian for many years. I opened up a couple comedy clubs, a production agency. And for 10 years, I made my living running my comedy business. Lucky enough, we won Boston's Best Comedy Club, got on the Today Show, did some fun things there. And when I was probably about 30, so that's 10 years later, life hit me in the face. And I was getting married, having my first kid, and it was time to grow up and get a real job. That led me to getting into software, right? And I got into actually the insurance industry, not nearly as exciting as handmade, but I got into software development, working for a company that led me to start my own software agency management system on a product called Salesforce. This is now going back 2015, I'm guessing. Had a great experience growing that company. Through those years growing the company, I raised over $7 million in, in capital, grew it to over 40 employees, and about Three and a half years ago, I had an opportunity to exit the company. I was a CEO for many years. And without getting belabored points, the money I raised diluted me down to you know, a minority owner in this company. And I was trying to think about the next thing I wanted to do in life, right? And so I was able to exit that company at a, luckily it was a $44 million valuation. That's not what I made. That's what the company was valued at when we sold it, sold the shares. But I was thinking about the next chapter in life for me and what I wanted to do. And for the years I grew the last company, it was called Varuna. You can check them out. They're still growing. Varuna.com. And I was quickly becoming disenamored with the fact that the endless days and nights I was working, the outcome of all the work was to make our investors more money. That wasn't why the company started. The company started because I was excited to help agencies run their business. But it got to the point where when you have investors, it's only about them, right? And it wasn't very fulfilling to me to work so hard to make rich people more rich, right? And so that's when I started thinking about, you know, doing more of a philanthropic venture. And by the way, this all does lead to handmade, I promise. And so I was thinking through tech because I've been in software for about 10 years. And then it led me to marketplaces in general and how marketplaces operate. And the true power of a marketplace is the buyers and sellers. Has very little to do with the actual tech. I mean, yeah, you know, you can invent new fun things like 3D video or something. But at the end of the day, it's the community that makes a marketplace successful. And these marketplaces are all on Wall Street now. They're all venture capitalized. They're all making billions of dollars through transaction fees between the buyer and the seller. And I thought to myself, what if we could harness that power of those network effects to do good in the world? to build a marketplace environment where the fees being generated are to help children in need instead of simply go to the shareholders and then the stockholders and investors. 
So at that time, we're going back probably three and a half years, I started considering different marketplaces and where there was a hole in the market, Alicana, where, where do we want to go? Because I, by trade, don't have a handmade. I've, I'd like to think I have an entertainment background, but not an art background. So I started considering different marketplaces, but one of my really good friends who has helped me through all my other businesses, she's a graphic designer. Her name is Stephanie Romke, is an artist. She's been selling on Etsy for years. She's done countless craft fairs. She's within the handmade community. And I was talking with her through business and I said, you know, tell me about Etsy was my question to her. This was three and a half years ago because I'd been looking at the different models, Airbnb, Upwork, Uber. And I was like, tell me about Etsy. She says, what do you want to know? I'm like, well, what do the makers like Etsy? That question alone opened Pandora's box when I asked Steph, well, what do makers think of Etsy? <laughs> Depending on what year, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is 2018, 19. So anyway, it opened Pandora's box and you know exactly where the conversation went, led. You know, the fact that more manufactured items are going on the site. The fact the fees are going up. They're forcing free shipping at that time. All these other things start coming out. And I was like, okay, well, what I saw talking with Steph was this, I'll call it dissatisfaction within the handmade world because Etsy grew on the back of handmade, but now is leaving it. And by the way, I have a YouTube video you should watch that I talk about why Etsy left handmade because it makes perfect sense from an investor economic standpoint. So what I saw working with Steph was what I would think is a hole opening for a new handmade marketplace. Okay, you've got this really behemoth that grew on the back of handmade, but it's slowly going away from it, which is going to open up an opportunity for the next handmade marketplace that's truly handmade. This led to me talking to Steph and actually partnering with her. Steph is now a partner in the company with me. She's a co-owner. I brought in some other software people I know very well into the business. And that's where it kind of all started, where on my end, I am really more of the software tech entrepreneur side, but Steph has always been the real handmade artist side of things. And the first thing we did before we wrote a lick of code was start a Facebook group. It invited makers into the community and started talking to them. So if you go to our Facebook group, which we have 7,000 number of, if you go back to 2000, end of 19, early 20, you'll see the first conversation there of just learning from the community on what is possible if we work together. So when I look at starting up any marketplace, you really need two types of people. You need the software people because marketplaces are software and you need the, what I would call domain knowledge, the real handmade people. And from my perspective, I bring the software and the community and Steph as a partner, bring the handmade. And so far it's been a good recipe. You know, I think a lot of people who have been with me for a while can really relate to this because as we start talking about starting a business, so it's not a marketplace, but it's your brand, right? Is to start rallying and supporters even before you're launching your product. Yeah. To start building a community and having an audience for support, yes, but also so that when you're starting, you're not opening the door to nobody coming in. Well, I mean, it's market research to a degree, right? And it's market research for sure, yes. Learning what their needs are. And if you listen to people and you get their input and you involve them at the beginning, they want to be involved later because they've actually had a hand in helping build it, right? Right. That's a big big part of it. Marketplace is even more so, but I think you're right with any business, it's important. So let's dive into, I think, the interest of people who are listening here, which is as a handmade maker, what does Go Imagine have for me? How does it work? Like, give us all the goodness there. I would love to. Well, so start, like starting any business, in terms of your question, you're, you're differentiators. What are you bringing to the table that isn't already there? Or what would you bring to me? 
so we've been working on this for years and obviously the first thing is we're a marketplace right as we grow we are building a buyer base and traffic is increasing now i'll be upfront and say that is traffic like etsy heck no it's like some makers come to a new marketplace and expect an etsy type volume right off the gate but even etsy wasn't etsy at the beginning right so what we've done is we've really focused a lot on where else can we support our makers outside of just driving buyers to the marketplace. And that's led us to a number of different things. Obviously the community aspect is a really big part of that where we've built our community. The other big part is we launched something about a year ago called our Mosaic platform. And what Mosaic is, is the ability to have your own privately branded website on GoImagine that is also connected to the marketplace, right? And we built that because what we found through our own research, talk to makers, is that a lot of them have been trying to find, how do I differentiate myself from being just on Etsy? And that has led to a lot of them saying, I'll start my own website. Well, that's great. You can go to Shopify, WooCommerce, Wix, any of those. But at the end of the day, they're, they can be pricey. You know, Shopify just raised their rates. I mean, they're $40 a month before you buy anything on top of that. And so we thought, well, what if we can build a more affordable private website with custom domains for you while also helping you be part of a new philanthropic marketplace and grow it? And so for 10 bucks a month, you get your own website, right? So not only are we reducing your cost to have your own website, I always like to tell people that if you build Wix or your site on Wix or on Shopify, they're guaranteed to draw you zero traffic because they're not meant to draw you draw your own traffic. But on this platform for us, you're going to have your own website to market your own brand while also being connected to a growing marketplace that will eventually draw you traffic, whether it's one sale a month or one sale a quarter, it's more than the sales you're getting having your own website on Wix or Shopify. Okay. All right. Perfect. So John, I have to tell you that always what I advise is your own website is golden territory. It's like your business headquarters online. Not an Etsy site because we all know Etsy has restrictions and structure that you can't get out of. And it's not your own domain. So what I'm hearing from you, it's kind of a go-between. It's a different animal, if you will. But the thing I'm really liking about what you're saying is you create your own domain name. So it's not your shop connected with an Etsy site. It's yourshop.com or whatever your URL is, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And owning your own URL to your point, Sue, is hugely valuable because even if you own your own URL today and you point it to your Etsy shop, well, you can print all your business cards with your URL, print your brochures, your Facebook. And then the day you decide to move your URL to go imagine or Shopify, you can repoint it. Right. And then all of that past stuff works. But if you're advertising your Etsy.com slash my shop name, when you then move to a URL, all your past marketing is now poof because you've changed the URL. So to your point, I think every maker should own URL. That should be like the first thing because A, they're super cheap. I mean, like 10 bucks a year, 20 bucks a year, and you now have a brand. The second step is where are you connecting that URL? Where is that? Now it can always move, right? Mm -hmm. And to your point, maybe on Go Imagine, our platform gives you that stepping stone to have your own branded website, but we don't have every feature that Shopify has yet. We're still new. Maybe you'll graduate eventually and say, you know what? We're now a bigger company. We've grown. And now we want to move to Shopify that has more bells and whistles. Okay. So agree with you hundred percent. And the other thing, I have a couple of questions here. First off, let me ask just one more tech question. And then I want to get out of tech for a little while. Sure. 
a go imagine site you guys are doing the hosting also so there's none of that to be worried about okay kind of like shopify does hosting too etsy but everything but wordpress kind of <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, so we do all the hosting. All right. Okay. So perfect with that. You know, here's the thing with e-commerce also, I feel that whether it's a site on Etsy, Go Imagine, Shopify, every single one of those attracts a different audience and works in a different way. Although if you have too many, you know, there's nuances to every site. So if you have too many, you'll never get to be an expert at one specifically. You know, I think maybe one or two sites your own platform perhaps, and then maybe it's Etsy, maybe it's Amazon for certain people here. So you can think of it that way too, especially if you're not one who's going out and doing a lot of in-person shows anymore for whatever reason. Having multiple locations is not duplicating your efforts online. So just a comment, and I don't know if you want to react to that or not, John. Around the fact that having more than one location online is more work or less work? What about you it's attracting different audiences. So just because you are online now with whatever your URL is, doesn't mean a second one won't be presenting you up to new people, right? Absolutely. And I think that's where as a maker, so a lot of makers who are artists who get into business, they do it because of their love of the art and the making. And they're forced to do business because that's how you make money. Right. So it's almost like they have to learn the business on the fly. They might have spent years making, they might have gone to school, art school, and they've learned all that. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, you also now have to think about branding. You've got to think about revenue. You've got to think about sales. You've got all this other stuff you have to learn. And that's why they come to people like you, Sue, to learn from. And I think when you look at so many places to sell today, the first thought often is, which I would ask is like, well, who are you as a brand? And where can you find the audiences that resonate with what you're selling, right? And you mentioned Amazon Handmade might work wonderfully for some people and not work at all for others. Same with Etsy, same with Go Imagine, even same with your own website. But starting off on different platforms from a testing period, I would call it, you start to learn where you fit more a little, a little right? Because just because you didn't sell well on Amazon doesn't mean you won't sell on Etsy. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And then I also think you need to dive deeper as you've been talking about, well, as you experienced with your prior business too, how businesses evolve and what might have met your needs when you initially started might not be anymore. Oh, yeah. You know, Etsy, I'm not going to diss Etsy because I think they're a good platform. They have their limitations for sure. But people have told me over and over again how they aren't getting the results they once had on Etsy for various yeah. reasons. And I think it's the company might have other objectives now. Prices are going up, like all different types of reasons. So you've got to look at what platform works for you. And I want to get back to Go Imagine because I still want to understand more about Go Imagine. Okay, so I'm a maker. Let's pretend. I'm a maker. I'm curious about the platform. I love the idea of either starting my first website or finding another home online. It's not wholesale. It's direct to consumer. No, this is not like fair. This is like more like Etsy. Yeah. All right. Perfect. And so if I was interested in working with you, how does that start? Yeah. So the big thing for us is that we are a handmade only market. Right. And so we work really hard on trying to make sure every seller on the marketplace is truly selling handmade. So there is a short application process. 
So if you just go to the website, you click, go to the bottom and click on become a member. There's some questions where you apply and that goes to our team to verify through your answers that, okay, you qualify. And if you're curious, we do at the bottom of our site have what's called handmade guidelines where you can first make sure that you qualify. For instance, one of the hot topics right now in our community is drop shipping. And right now we do not allow drop shipping. That's something with the whole idea of production partners that Etsy came out with, which we don't necessarily allow production partners. That gets back to the whole defining handmade kind of conversation. Well, and a niche within handmade too, right? And I love this because this is the majority of the people who are listening, who are my handmade creators, are not producing their product elsewhere and are not having someone drop ship for them. They're doing that. Yeah. So I will imagine we do not allow drop shipping or production. So you go through the application process. It's not a scary process. It basically, we're just verifying that what you're saying is true, that you are handmade, right? After that, we have our help center to help you get your shop set up, but we also very much encourage everyone to join our community to meet other Go Imagine makers who are, one thing we love is that our makers help each other with setup and help each other with questions. So not only do we have our Facebook group, but we have our own social app called Maker Circle that you can download on Android or iPhone to join the community in our own private app as well. Okay, two questions. I hope you don't mind if I interject. I always try to put myself in the mind of someone who's listening and try and create the questions as we go. Okay. So what if someone has their own website, but they like the idea of having another online shop? Would yeah. they then get a new domain that would attach to their Go Imagine oh, account, maybe a spinoff yes. or something? Yes and no. The way to think about it is this, is we have different levels of plan. The lowest plan is $2.50. So it's, you know, very inexpensive. And we take 5% per transaction. So our fees are generally less than Etsy when you're selling. That plan doesn't come with your private website. That's just a marketplace site, which would be goimagine.com slash shopping, just like etsy.com. So everybody in the marketplace has a marketplace shop, which is goimagine.com slash XYZ. If you want your own private website, that's $10 a month. That's where you'd also get your own custom domain with a branded website that doesn't have all the Go Imagine makers. In it. So essentially for $2.50 a month is the lowest plan. You have a marketplace shop. And for 10 bucks a month, you get the marketplace shop and your private website. So we've had a lot of sellers that have decided to say, you know what, I'm gonna, I have already got my private website set up. It's going well. I'll get the lower plan and go imagine, start selling there. We've had makers who have canceled their Shopify and then just started using our site instead. And some that just don't have websites at all and use the lower plans. It depends on what fits your needs the best, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you can be coming from both directions. You could be someone who's never had a website before and come on to the platform at $2.50 a month. These days, it's less than a cup of coffee, <laughs> like less than, not equal to less than, right? Or if you already have your own website, this is another audience that you could approach again for a very, very unbelievably economic fee. So, so you could come from both ways, people who are just starting or people who are already established looking for additional eyes to capture. So let me ask you this, how, and you don't have to get into all the nitty gritty, but how does the functionality work in terms of setting up the site? Are there like templates that you fit into or how does that look? So the short story is you have a seller dashboard, we call it, which is the back end for you to manage your shop. If you're talking about using our custom website and the marketplace, it's all one seller dashboard. So we always like to say you're managing two sites from one dashboard, you know, your market, your growing match marketplace shop and your custom website. Our help center is filled with videos and articles on leading you through how to set up a product or how to set up your shop. 
I will tell you that we partnered with Stripe as our payment processor. I'm sure you're familiar with Stripe. So you do have to have a Stripe account to use GoImagine. That takes all of two seconds to set up. And for those who don't know Stripe, it's just like Square or PayPal. Although I think better, but anyway, we can talk about payment processes another time. Yeah, so it all runs through one dashboard. In terms of templates, yeah, we have, for instance, our marketplace category. So every product can have its own, you know, pick the category it belongs in, but you can create your custom shop categories, which is separate from the marketplace categories. You create the categories that resonate for you on your own website. Right, you on your own website for us, you create your own custom banners, your own custom color scheme and all that. But obviously in the marketplace site, it'd be Go Imagine's color scheme, right? Because now you're in the marketplace. So when a visitor visits the site, if they're going to your shop.com, it's all your branding. But obviously the goimagine.com slash your shop is all of Go Imagine. But the beauty is, at least from what we're building, is that as a maker, you're managing it all from one back end. Mm-hmm. So to your to, this actually kind of wraps up nicely from what you said earlier, you're getting two destinations in one spot. So you're getting your own website and you're on a new marketplace. So a lot of our sellers who do this program, and I'm not trying to get too salesy here, so I apologize. But the, the concept is if you're on Etsy and go imagine with the custom website, you've chosen two platforms, but you have three destinations, right? Because your custom website can be wrapped into it versus having to manage a third. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the concept that we're going through with the custom website aspect. Okay. Big reason we did the custom website, and this is where I don't mind talking about our strategy, is a lot of handmade marketplaces before us have come and gone, right? There's a graveyard of them. And why did other ones not succeed and Etsy did? And I think part of the thing when building a new marketplace, there's something called the chicken or the egg concept, which I'm sure you can guess what that is. But how do you attract buyers if there's no sellers? How do you attract sellers if there's no buyers? Right? How do you get to that inflection point where the network effects start happening? So more buyers brings more sellers, et cetera, et cetera. Now, a lot of sellers, and this is not just maker specific, but any marketplace, they'll join. Your job as a marketplace is to bring them sales. You're brand new. You don't have a lot of buyers. So they join in three months. They cancel. They had no sales. Next buyer, it's a seller joins. They don't get sales. They cancel. How do you grow a critical mass of sellers on a platform so that you can start attracting the buyers and get the flywheel effect? This is why we started offering own custom websites, because now it's not just about joining us and being on a marketplace for our sales, but the benefit of having your own website that you otherwise would have paid three, four times the price to a Shopify for. But now you're helping get a new handmade marketplace to generate those network effects and grow, right? And I think it's safe to say that the handmade world is longing for another handmade marketplace, I guess is a good way to put it, at least from everywhere I've been in communication with, that they really would love to see another handmade marketplace be successful. But the only way a handmade marketplace is successful is when the community and the makers rally around it. There's no other way. No one's going to come out of the woodwork with a billion dollars to start pouring into marketing without any sellers. And that's just as true with Etsy. You know, Etsy grew based on the support of the makers. In fact, the past CEO, Chad Dickerson, He was quoted saying in a shareholder meeting that the reason Etsy grew so fast was because of makers promoting their own shops. That's why Etsy grew. But we've gone into a point where marketplaces are so ubiquitous that sellers expect to, okay, I'm going to join Etsy and I'll just do nothing and sales will come. Or I'll join Amazon, I'll do nothing and sales will come. But a new marketplace needs to gain that support from the community to grow. That doesn't mean the marketplace can do nothing. The marketplace has to add value to the sellers. What are they getting for being there? In our case, it's your own website. 
And then on top of that, we can talk about our philanthropic aspect, our shared ownership model, which also is more things we're doing to show the community that this marketplace is being built for the maker community. This is not another venture capitalized company that wants to grow and sell to Wall Street. This is a company that is growing for the needs of the makers and the needs of, in our case, children in need to help them. Okay. I have some other questions for you so that when we get off, they have enough information to come and really talk with you about it. And philosophic is also part of that in a second. But walk me through, let's say I've got my shop up now. I've got products there. All the makers on the site are helping gather their communities over to purchase from that site. I have like three questions at once. I don't know which way to go first. <laughs> Let's go with a customer buys a product from me. What do I see as a maker to handle the fulfillment of that product? Because we've already talked about it's got to be me. It's not drop shipping. But so how does that happen? I wanted to pause this discussion for a second to let you know that I recognize you may be feeling overwhelmed right now. I mean... I bring on great guests who are specialists in their fields, and we get into fabulous conversations that you know can help grow your business. So after the show, you have the full intention of grabbing a download, making an adjustment on your website, or any number of other ideas that arise as a result of this podcast. But what happens? You get back to your other activities, and the momentum you once had gets lost. What you've planned to do is forgotten. Then you feel bad because your business is going on as usual without implementing anything that you know would help grow your business. We're just too busy doing all the things, like a robot, moving from one thing to another without thinking. Because we have to. I get it. I've been there. But guess what? There is another way. Since I recognized this exact behavior in my own business, I set out to do something about it. And now, what works for me, I'm sharing with you. I formalized the process, and it's called the Inspired Daily Planner, made specifically for gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. But it's not your ordinary planner. First off, it comes with a video explaining my productivity strategy. Plus, it's not dated, so you can start using your planner the second it arrives at your doorstep. And that's not all. Included for each day is a motivational message or business building tip and plenty of space to capture and book in time for to-dos, schedule appointments, and all those other ideas that are now getting lost. Think of it as a book and a planner all in one yet compact enough to carry with you and resource as necessary. It's the perfect solution to truly act and move your business forward. Go to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash inspired to get your hard copy planner along with my power of purpose video that will set you on the path for true business growth. This makes a great gift too. So if you have a biz bestie, Pick up a planner for them too. That link again is giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash inspired. Okay, let's get back to the show. Yeah, so in the seller dashboard, which is your back end to manage your shop, you're going to get an email 
that says, congratulations, you got a new order. You log into your shop, you're going to see the order there. We do have integration with Shippo, which is a shipping label product, where any orders that come in, if you want to use Shippo, will create the order in Shippo. So you can go to Shippo to print the label for that commercial rate label. And without having a duplicate entry, it's all there to print the label. You'll manage all your sales within our dashboard. You can mark them complete. You can mark them needs more information. You can communicate to the seller through the dashboard. If you have a question, go back and forth on the platform. It's very similar to Etsy, I guess, in that sense, where you know, you're going to manage the shop and any orders that come through. Is there a specific required turnaround time? No. So one of the big things for us with this marketplace is we want to help makers build their business, but not tell makers how to run their business. And marketplaces that have gone to the size of an Amazon or an Etsy or all that, they've really tried to cookie cutter all makers into one path, right? You've got to turn around X amount of time. Here's your template of shop policies. We have a section for shop policies that we're, you're encouraged to put all your information in on your own return policy, your own cancellation policy, your own turnaround times. We have a shipping timeframe box that right on the top of the product says the timeframe you can expect to get the product. From Go Imagine's standpoint, we don't require any specific turnaround time, although we highly encourage providing that information up front so the buyers are understanding of what they're getting into. Okay. And is it by product? It is. Yeah. Shipping timeframes by product. So great for people who offer customization or a product line where different pieces, they're made to order and they take different amounts of time. Also a good point is that we have unlimited options and variations. So you get to create your custom variations. So, you know, everyone has pick your color, pick your size, pick your necklace, your chain length or whatever else. Our system allows you to create them custom. So you can have as many as you need and as custom as you need in terms of those dropdowns. That is huge. Because I know on Shopify, it's challenging for people to be able to put their options with the apps that you add on and, you know, all of that. Like if there's different colors, sizes, like all of that gets a little bit challenging. And in some cases, like on Etsy, you have to take multiple pictures of a million products if everything's custom to sell. So this sounds like a much more user-friendly from someone who offers really one-of-a-kind type products. Am I right here? Am I reading this right? Absolutely. And to that point, this is a lot of the feedback we've gotten from our sellers who are on the platform. They, they love the fact they can create custom dropdowns and feature and variations. Another feature they like about us is we have what are called hidden listings. So if to your point, let's say you're doing a custom work for someone and you want to send them the link to pay for it with the pictures of what they bought, it's not listed on the marketplace or in your shop, but you have a hidden link that you can share with them that they can pay you and see the pictures of the custom work before you send it out. Very nice. Yeah. So that's something that a lot of people like. But I think the big thing here is that when you think through what Handmade is and what the Shopify's and Wix's of the world built, the Shopify's and Wix's are really built around retail. Shopify's not huge in the Handmade space as they are in the retail space. A lot of things are cookie cutter in retail. Handmade is the antithesis of cookie cutter. Right. The whole idea of handmade is that it's unique, it's different, and especially with custom work. So how we're going about building our platform, and we're by no means done, we're always trying to come up with new features based on community input, is that we want to do things based on the needs of handmade. Mm -hmm. And Shopify and Wix, they're not doing it based on the needs of handmade because handmade is only a small slice of their overall business. So for them, it's a 
a lot more cookie cutter. So it's not surprising that, as you mentioned, a lot of times makers need to put a square peg in a round hole when they use an off-the-shelf retail website. Right. Okay. And then what about capturing the purchaser's contact information? You know, I'm thinking for ongoing email marketing, that kind of thing. Yeah, that is all flows to you. So we consider we consider the customers that come through our customers, meaning both the maker's customers and Go Imagine's customer. So you keep retention of people who are buying off the site so you can market to them. And then the individual shop owners also can capture that information for themselves. Oh my gosh, I love that. So you have your customer list. And now obviously you also, that comes with your own liability of spam and all that right? But you keep your own customer list. You can download the customer list. You can take the customers off the list and and market to them. We are going to be working on a way to more easily maybe have like a MailChimp sync or something where you can have your list flow to your choice of email marketing providers. But at this stage, yeah, the customers are in the database for you and you can use them. Beautiful. I was almost a little bit afraid to ask that question. I'll one-up you here. When our invoices go out and our orders, if you go to go imagine right now and you buy something, and let's just say you buy something from Sue's Breathes, right? And you buy it and you get a confirmation email. You know who the confirmation email says? Hmm. It's your order from Sue's Breathes, not your order from Go Imagine. It came for the emails info at Go Imagine because we need email, but it's your logo is in the email. And in the title is your order from Sue's Reeds or whatever your shop name is. So that I think that you've got this mentality in, in other marketplaces. Where'd you buy that? I got, a, got it off Etsy. Right. Right. And it, they don't even know who the seller was. Well, in our world, we really are thinking that from our ethos is it's both of our customers. We want them to know about you and about us. Right. So we're not hiding the fact. In fact, we're propping up the maker. We think that's actually for us a competitive advantage to really highlight the maker versus what bigger marketplaces have done. Yeah. Well, that in combination with the fact that you can have your own domain owned website through you, you know, and all the other things that you're providing, I agree with you. I mean, this is great. Okay. So talk to me more about the philanthropy part, because for a Mm -hmm. maker, we're going to pay for the services. We're going to pay for product listings. Is it by product listing by product? No. So the way it works is we have a membership fee, a flat membership fee, which includes the number of listings. So for, let's say we have a $5 plan. For the $5 plan, you can list up to 100 products. Whoa, that's a lot. Yeah. And for the $10 plan, it's 1,000 products. So unlike, we'll just use Etsy as the example because everyone knows them. They do a 20 cent listing fee. We have none of that. Ours is just a flat monthly rate that you can plan on. Then we take a small transaction fee like every marketplace. In our case right now, it's up to 5%. Our fee is 5% without any other hidden fees other than the Stripe fee, because I want to be transparent. Stripe charges their 2.9%. Well, Stripe is coming from Stripe. So everyone understands, like that just flows through. You can't do anything about that. And so this is getting to the point that I was trying to understand. So is it 5% or whatever the percentage is? 5%, 5% to go imagine, and then you can call 3% goes to Stripe because so it's 8% total is what's coming out of your transaction. So 8%, and so then a portion of that 5% is what's being donated forward, right? Absolutely, yes. Okay, I was trying to understand where the money came from that was the charitable portion of the money. So that's important to distinguish. So the whole, as we talked about earlier, the real passion here is to create a philanthropic marketplace, Mm -hmm. right? We're doing it in handmade, we're doing it with the support of the maker community, but the idea is to continue to grow this, and the bigger we get, the more we get to donate. 
Now, we've been donating from day one, even when we were operating at a loss, right? So we've donated, I want to say, $20,000 to four different charities so far, which, I mean, it's tough when you're a startup. You know, I'd love to say it was a million dollars, but so far we've donated $20,000. It's going to get there. It's just not yet. So with the supports, we've donated about $20,000 to the four charities that you can see listed on our site. You can go to the site and see the charity partners. We can talk about them. Now, the goal, our real goal is to, as we grow and the donations grow with it, is that our maker community can help us guide where those donations go so that eventually the vendors will have input. At this point, it hasn't been enough money to want to like have a big vote or anything on where the money goes. So we just let people know where we're donating it. But I see a path where the makers get a part of the decision. That goes into where we're giving the ownership to the makers to start getting them involved on those decisions. Mm -hmm. So we run a similar model as Newman's Own. I use a lot because a lot of people know Newman's Own. They've been around 40 years and they've done the same thing that we're doing, but with salad dressing, right? right? And Patagonia just last year, which is exciting for us, changed their business model into an all profits to charity model. As And that you can look up is Patagonia is doing something similar now too. And I truly believe that this is the future of where you can create what we call a caring economy, but you can also use the word conscious capitalism. There's conscious capitalism, and then there's predatory capitalism. And capitalism, I think, is a wonderful thing. I mean, it's it's the it's the foundation of our country. But runaway capitalism can also do a lot of bad things in the world due to greed, right? And so this model is a model that I believe can support the employees at the company, support the makers selling, and do good in the world with the money you're making. Right. And, you know, I know it's a, a lofty goal, but beyond all the other stuff we talked about the marketplace, this is really where I think the handmade community with us has an opportunity to show the world there's a better way to say there is a better way. Because just like I mentioned earlier, marketplaces are nothing more than a community. <laughs> the buyer goes to Etsy is because they know the handmade sellers there. The reason the seller sells on Etsy because they know the handmade buyers there. It has nothing to do with Etsy. It has nothing to do with Amazon. You don't care what the site was called. It's just that you know they're there. And if the community in the world rallies around a concept like this, there's that vision of it's the same maker, it's the same price, it's the same product, everything's the same. What's different? Children are getting helped. That's the only difference. And who doesn't want that? <laughs> yeah. So, John, this is now past. We're a little bit late for this, but I um, created a nationally recognized day for makers. It's called National Bakers Crafters Makers Day on January 21st. So it's just passed. But for the episode, I have two episodes that were recognizing and honoring makers. And in one of them, I put out a questionnaire to makers about what value they gave their customers and what value their businesses gave them. And everything, the whole umbrella was giving and caring and spreading joy to the world, right? And we've also done some podcasts, and I, this is leading to a point, we've done some podcasts from people who have started their business also with a give back element. And most of the time it's a give back element because it's something that the maker has experienced personally, right. illness, yep. whatever it is. And I know that there are a lot of makers who would like to do that, but have no idea, number one, how to set it up from a tax standpoint. Some people will mm -hmm. say, oh, a certain percentage of a couple products is going to go to maybe their local fire station or some type of a project. But I'm seeing this also as an opportunity for makers to join something bigger than just themselves, 
they don't have to do anything to also help promote the fact that sales from their products through Go Imagine go to your groups, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But that's the whole idea was the idea is like, we're not asking anyone to do something different. Sometimes makers will contact us or find us and say, wait, so I donate my money? Like, no, you're donating nothing. In fact, our makers are making more money because we take less of a transaction fee. It's that we're doing the donating through the, the business model. And have you ever heard the term, a rising tide floats all boats? Oh, of course. Yes. Right? And that's kind of how I envision every marketplace. And up until now, the internet has been a new thing and marketplaces came around, what, probably the 2000s was when they really started to blow up and where money greed follows, right? And where greed goes, so does like, you know, Wall Street. And we don't want to get into that. I mean, like I have no real negative input other than the fact that we can do the good in the world. But the point is, is that we're now in a more mature internet. We're in a mature online environment where now we see how the public world and society is getting built online. And naturally, corporations were the first to get there because there was money. And all the other people who weren't trying to rush to the money are kind of seeing the effects later. It's now 10 years later, corporations got there 15 years ago and everyone's going, holy crap, everyone, it's all corporations that own the world. And I wrote a blog about this, but if you look at what a marketplace is, and I'm not talking online, I'm talking about a real world marketplace physical marketplace, maybe in your town square, once in a while at your town football field, or they put it on in the town common. It was a public space. It was a space for everyone to go. And if you paid for the booth, it was actually going to the town that owned that land. And it was to help build the road, right? Marketplaces, if you look at other huge marketplaces, um, one I love is in Seattle, Pike's Market. You know, if you look at the Grand Bazaar in the Middle East, these were built as public goods for everyone to come and sell their wares. But the internet has slowly become owned by private companies. And now all these private companies are owning the marketplaces. And sadly, a lot of the physical marketplaces are dying because everyone shop it online. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm going on a tangent here, but the whole vision is these marketplaces should be public. Why do you have to pay a private corporation to get seen by the public to sell? And so the whole concept here is let's build a better foundation for marketplaces. And the best way I could think to do it was philanthropically. The government's not going to open up online marketplace, right? Now your town would have, your towns, towns do, but towns don't open online companies. So gosh, it's just in my mind, I'm like, it's such a simple concept that can have such profound effects if people come together. And I love what you were just saying about your January 21st event, about how many makers want to give back. How many, that's part of the reason I thought Handmade was such a great place to go is because artists have such a big heart, mm -hmm. right? And so as we grow the company, the reason we are actually giving ownership to the makers, and as I mentioned to you in that, I think intro I sent you, is we're giving them board seats to sit on the board, is because we want the makers to be involved in the decisions, right? And, and who knows where that's going to go? I don't even know yet. Because you're saying, you know, makers want to give to their fire department or their, their local homeless shelter or whatever. And maybe our community decides that we'll work towards a path where instead of go imagine doing a charity, you get to pick the charity of your choice and a percentage of the sales that we would donate go to that charity you're choosing, right? I don't know. There's an option. Mm -hmm. Or a split. Like some support the charities that you've already designated, but another could support a local charity. You could do like a combination too. Yes, but this is a decision for the community. And I'm not sure if you, did you see that Amazon smile is ending? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. So unfortunate, but why is that? And I read a whole article about it. It's because, well, they did it for a while, but you know, times are tough. Yeah, they're laying off people. The first thing that matters is their bottom line, not the charities. And, and that's the wrong way of thinking, because if anything, the people who need the money more now aren't the charities, right? Right. Well, you know, there's another angle here that was coming to my mind as you were talking, and that is one of the pain points of a lot of makers is the price of the product. Because it is, you know, you're going to buy a soap between handmade soap, I don't know, $5.50, $7.50, you know, depending on size and ingredients and all of that. Or you could buy Dove at the grocery store for $1.50, like whatever. I've not shopped soap for a long time except for handmade. So I don't know what the grocery store prices of soap are. But when people are out at craft shows, I know that there is feedback about how high-priced handmade is. And then they, of course, have to go into the value of the product and what you're getting and how it's different, et cetera, right? But if there's an element of give back, people are way more willing to pay more for a product. They're getting the product. They're doing something good for somebody else just by obtaining that product. So I can see this overlay being significant also and helping makers sell their products at the prices that they deserve, by the way, you know, when you're taking into account everything that goes into a price. So it could help prompt sales as well with that overlay. Absolutely. In fact, that's where both on the seller side and the buyer side from Go Imagine standpoint is we are a mission-driven business. And some people, mission doesn't matter, but there's a whole heck of a lot of people where mission does, Yeah. right? And that's why they buy the Tons shoes, they buy the Bomba socks or anything else. It's because of the mission of the Newmans, the Newmans own salad dressing. It's because they know not, oh, maybe it's 25 cents more, maybe it's 50 cents more, but they also know they're supporting a company doing good. And as we grow and the community grows, more people get to know about this mission. And mind you, from a tech standpoint, it's just not just about the community growing, but we're investing more and more in development. So the platform is going to get better. And better. Mm -hmm. Like as a startup, there's things that if you joined us right now, you'd say, I wish it did this. I wish it did that. Well, trust me, we're working on that. Well, stay tuned. And we can all relate, right? Like when all of us started our businesses and we've been in business for a while, it didn't look like it does today on day one. I mean, it's a development. It's a course. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I'm looking at the time here and I think we should start to wrap up. Talk to you all day though, Sue. I know we could, but then we won't get to all of the rest that everybody's going to need to know. So kind of summarize for someone who's listening, who's we've piqued their interest here, summarize what the value is of Go Imagine and then where they should go to learn more, find out more, or if maybe they're even ready to get started. Where do the, all those channels lead? Yeah. So first thing I'd say is Go Imagine's a community of makers working together to do good in the world. That's kind of like what we are. Now, what value we bring to the makers? We mentioned that there's your private option to have a private website. We, of course, are building a marketplace of more and more buyers who are coming to the marketplace to find your goods. And we also have a growing community for you to get to know other makers that are working the same direction you are. You can find out more about us. Go to goimagine.com. That's where you have to go. If you scroll to the bottom, you'll see a lot of information under the sell section where you can see how to open a shop, see our handmade guidelines, everything else. I guess I will mention, which I don't have to mention, but yeah, we're all handmade. We're all in on handmade. That's who we are. And the big thing we're doing right now, we just had our first meeting last month with the community is that we're actually in the process of giving ownership to our handmade community, which as we talked, will come with voting rights and board representation because we want the handmade community to have a hand, no pun intended, in building this company. And that comes from a foundational level of having a seat on the board and having voting rights and having involvement in the decisions we make. 
if you tune in, if you go to our Go Imagine Facebook group, you're going to get a lot of these announcements. We're going live on that group a lot to talk about this stuff. So if you want to just hear what's going on, join our Facebook group or join our email list and stay in touch. I hope you join our caring economy. Oh, I love that. And everything is Go Imagine, right? Go Imagine. Yeah, we do have an app called Maker Circle, which is our community app, which is a social app you'll see on Go Imagine. But that's member only. So you have to become a member mm-hmm. to get into that community. But that's the app. It's called Maker Circle. Okay, but in terms of any social or the website, it's all Go Imagine. Yes, there are a bunch of Go Imagine Facebook groups now because some, some of our members had it. There's one called the Go Imagine Official Makers Group. That's ours. But I think there's like 10 different Go Imagine because there's 100 Etsy groups out there now too. So you'll see a lot of them. And we love people supporting it. So we don't stop people from creating their own custom Go Imagine groups. But look for the Official Makers Group is what it's called. Well, I'm really excited to watch how this develops. I mean, there's no question in my mind that it's going to be a success. And the fact that you're already taking actions that are proving what you say, it's not like, well, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. You're already giving back. You're already attracting people. You're already listening to the community. And it's just going to grow from here. I'm very excited about Go Imagine and everything that it can offer. Well, I'm very excited that you're excited, Sue. I'm, I'm glad that you invited me here. I appreciate it. There you go. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and telling us all about Go Imagine. Thank you. I absolutely love everything Go Imagine offers. And what's fabulous already, I know is going to get better and better. When owners offer you voting rights and board representation, that's the sign that they truly want your input to make the company the best that it can be for you. It's got my vote. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today.